Welcome to the first ever Peak Too Early bonus episode. This is not your regularly scheduled podcast. This is a extra bonus treat for the listeners, and I'm excited to get it out to you. Yeah, Steve, coming in on a Monday morning, starting the week out hot. And uh, what were you doing this weekend, Steve? Where, what were you getting yourself into? So I got media credentials to the New Balance Grand Prix here in Boston. And I got to to rub elbows with some Big J real journalists um, the other day at the uh, at the Grand Prix. I had a ton of fun. Got to meet a lot of really cool athletes. It was just a great all around experience. Steve, rumor has it you weren't just rubbing elbows, but you're also getting boxed out by the one only Darren Ravel. Hate to see that. I got bodied by Darren Ravel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear the peak too early, no. boys. That's not our. That's that can't be our thing. I, you know, and it wasn't even like it, it wasn't. Um, I didn't know who it was at first. You know, I was waiting. I was waiting to talk to Lolo Jones, and Lolo, huge superstar. I mean, she's been in the game for for a long time. Um, she's been on so many different like reality game shows. I mean, hell, she was on her last. You know podcaster our online interview was with kevin hart and i'm waiting there to talk to lolo jones and this guy in a blazer and kind of slick back hair comes over kind of like you know knocks me out of the way and gets in front to talk to her before me and i was like what the hell who is this i look and i was like sure enough it's darren Ravel. so um yeah no not not the kind of look you want but dude knew what he wanted and he was a he was a experienced vet out there well so that's what i was gonna say right fool me once type of thing like you're a rookie it's our first peak to early's first appearance with media credentials. He's a seasoned veteran, so I'd say we'll let it slide this time. But going forward, now we know what we're getting ourselves into, and we're going to be throwing bodies around next time we're in the uh, the media scrum. So hey, let's let's not wait any longer. Let's get into our quick soundbite with with Lolo Jones. So Lolo, she came out and uh, she raced at BU the night prior. And then she came to uh, to the Reggie Lewis Center to race in the, the Grand Prix. And I think she kind of framed the, the race at BU as a rust buster, kind of getting out there, getting the legs loose for her first big race back, which was going to be the New Balance Grand Prix. She didn't do great. She wasn't too happy. But, um, you know, she's on the comeback. So she's, you know, she's not as young as she used to be. She's got a lot of miles on, you know, on, on her legs now. And uh, it's been, she's, you know, kind of going after. So this will be probably her first fourth stab at summer olympics running the hurdles um you know she's done a couple winter olympics um, but she's ramping it up to take one more shot at going for it uh in tokyo so i want to preface this by saying if you're looking for your average run-of-the-mill interview you know you know standard track interview you're not going to find it here i was asking outside the the box questions stuff that you want to expect so let's get into it 
So, BU last night, New Balance Grand Prix in, uh, today. What are your goals for 2020? It's safe to say you're on the comeback trail. I'm on the comeback, but damn, not back yet. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it like what my coach t told me. He said, it's good to see you back, but I'm not saying it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're, we're obviously big fans of the sport track and field, but we're even bigger fans of the show Big Brother. Any any yeah. chance we'll see a comeback to that show? Uh, on the regular season or the celebrity version? On the celebrity version. You know, because the celebrity version, we had some perks that the regular season didn't have, you know, like we had the higher quality of food. What else, what were our other perks? Is a shorter season. Um, I would love to do it, but uh, I mean, I feel like I could, they should do like an all-stars for sure. Like when they have enough seasons, bring back up, but I didn't win though. So, but like one of the people from the top three for sure. It was a great show. It was a lot of stress. I mean, you think making an Olympic team is stressful? That definitely was one of the hardest things I ever went through because when I finished, and a lot of people don't know this, I was having nightmares after the show. Like I was waking up and screaming. Uh, one of the times I woke up and I like jumped off my bed and I was talking to Natalie after the show and, it, and she was going through the same thing too. Like you kind of go through a PTSD afterwards because you're so used to the cameras being on you and just in a confined space. I didn't see sunlight for 30 days. So uh, quite tasking, but I can understand why people are fans of the show and they should be because Man, you are you are working nonstop in that house to form alliances or make sure no one's trying to backstab you. You are literally on on all day. So it's a it's a really hard experience. So well, we are massive Lolo fans. We're we're glad to see you're on the comeback trail. Good yeah, luck to you this thank year. You guys so much. Okay, take care. Oh. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so right after we went to that interview. Mike was like, Steve, what the hell are you talking about? They run track in the Summer Olympics. And I had to remind I had to remind Mike that Lolo was also she also competed in the bobsled. It completely blew my mind for a second. I was like, <laughs> we got to re-record that, Steve. You keep talking about track and field happening in the Winter Olympics. That's not true. That doesn't happen. N nope. I'm the idiot here. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, admittedly, huge Big Brother fan. So I love that show. Uh, so, I, you know, when I was trying to think of an outside the box question to ask Lola, I had to ask her about about Big Brother. So, you know, um, I've, I've never actually watched Big Brother. It's worth getting into. Is it a I worthwhile think, show? I think it's like the best reality TV show going for the, the for the reasons, best reality TV show going. Yeah. For the reasons Lolo talked about, they kind of trap you in this house. You know, you don't have sunlight. You're you're it's all about, you know, being you playing politics with the people around you and people literally start to go crazy. Um, so I believe everything she she said in that interview. Um, but, yeah, if you if you haven't seen it, check it out. Hey, let's get into probably my favorite interview of the entire day. Donovan Brazier. I mean, getting the chance to, to talk to, to Donovan was a you know, it, it, it was it was awesome. I mean, he he so his event was the last event of the day. And I waited around for 45 minutes an hour to, to get the opportunity to talk to him. The reason was, was just he was doing he was doing a victory lap around the track. And then he signed every kid's autograph in the entire stadium. That was if, if you were waiting around for a Donovan Brazier autograph or just chance to meet him, you got the opportunity. So, you know, a guy at that level. You know, world record holder, a guy at the top of his sport is going to take the time to just connect with with all the fans there. So, um, you know, I happily waited to talk to him and, uh, you know, he, he didn't disappoint. All right. We are here. 
the 600-meter champ, the baddest man in the sport, Donovan Brazier. How would you feel out there today? Uh, I'm not the baddest man in the sport yet, but today I felt pretty good. I felt like it. I was um, happy with the time, but not the way that I executed the race. I went 114 mid, which is my second fastest time for a 600, but I just know that um, you know, if I would have executed better parts of the race more, I would have been able to dip under 114 again. So a little disappointed in that sense, but just happy to come out with another win for my fourth year in a row at the Reggie Lewis Stadium. Did I see you doing a lot of uh, hunting over the off season? Yes, definitely. But you didn't see any dead animals because you know <laughs> I I, I, get, I got one doe. I didn't post it on my story, but yeah, I did a lot of uh, white shell hunting, some duck, and I got into a little pheasant hunting this this past winter. So just dabbling that a little more. I grew up just white tail squirrel and rabbit hunting, so I'm just kind of you know expanding my horizon when it comes to hunting because I want to do stuff uh, you know outside of track and field, get my mind off of it. Well, what what from hunting? What lessons have you learned in hunting that you can apply to the track? Yeah, the easy one, just patience. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're out there, you're just bored, and you're just in the zone. I mean, when you're hunting, you can think about really everything. But when you're running, you only got to think about running. But when you're hunting, you know, you can think about anything. So I'm thinking of everything else besides running. But I think maybe just patience is that. You might not have a good day. You know, I might miss a deer. I might not see any deer. But um, I guess if I'm trying to translate that into track, that's that's the way I take it. For sure, man. Well, we're huge fans of yours. We're going to be cheering for you this year. Thank you so much. All right, hey, take care, man. It's good to see you. So Donovan, it was it was great to meet you yesterday, but we're still trying to get you on the real podcast. So I'm gonna still we're still we're gonna still try to make that connection and get you on for for a full interview. He, he he's gonna get on. We're we're gonna keep pushing, and I think we're gonna end up with like 25 unanswered DMs in his inbox by the time we get him. But sorry, I just wanted to touch on because I was listening to the interview, Steve, and like how humble he is. I mean, he is, you know, as far as a, an American goes. Your our best chance at a gold medal on the men's side, especially for the distance side. And you call him the baddest man in the sport right now, and he immediately quickly, quickly immediately. shot you down on that. And then if anybody watched this race, he won by, like, you know, half a straightaway. It was ridiculous. He dominated everyone. He was just talking about how, you know, he was a little bit upset with himself and the way that he raced it and all that. And I was like, man, this guy is so hungry right now. He is a world record holder. He's an American record holder. He's a world champion in the 800, and he is very very hungry so i'm pumped to see what he's got going going into the olympics yeah me too i mean he he won by the full straightaway yeah so he won i mean it, it was it was it was very impressive to watch so our next little soundbite our next quick interview was with our guy bryce hopple and you know he did the classic Bryce Hopple move the other day he was you know he was being patient he was waiting for it he was you know he was running hard but right at the last second, just kind of sneaks up that <laughs> sneaks up that straightaway, leans for the for the win in classic Hopple fashion. I mean, I mean, we talked about it before. You know, when a when a when a running back or a football player just has the ability, they just always they have a knack for for uh, for getting over the goal line and scoring touchdowns. They say that they just have a nose for the end zone. Um, Bryce Hopple's got a nose for the finish line. The Listen, guy just wins. Yeah, I mean, if if I am racing Bryce Hopple. If I'm coming down the last home stretch, I don't want him anywhere near me. No. You better make sure that you have like a 20 meter gap on him going into it. Because if he's anywhere near you, you got to be worried that he's going to snipe you right at the end. That's what he does. That's he's the best in the business at it. And we've interviewed so many people at this point, and you know we're we're like meeting people virtually. We're, we're we do it we do it all over our computers. And when you see somebody in person for the first time, you never really know if they're going to recognize you in person. 
um, which I totally understand. Usually you have to be like, hey, you know, I'm one of the idiots that you talk to on the on the on the peak too early podcast. But he was coming through after the finish, and I was like, hey, Bryce, I'm Steve. And before I could even say anything, he's like, peak too early, and he's and he was you know chatting it up. And so Bryce is one of our guys. It was a it was great talking to him. So let's uh, let's get into uh, our quick interview with Bryce Hopple. All right, we are here with the winner of the 1,000 meters, Bryce Hoffel. Bryce, last time we talked to you, you were a college student. Now you're a professional athlete. How's life as a pro? Uh, it's amazing. I mean, I'm still getting used to it, but uh, it's just something else. Getting to get to these races and run against this type of competition, it's just incredible. And uh, hopefully it'll elevate my game to race even faster. So I'm excited for it. All right, Bryce, you, you're doing great as a pro runner, but i got to try to convince you of something. Because uh, Mookie Betts is is rumors he's going to be traded out of Boston, so the Red Sox need some speed on the base path. Are you sure you don't want to pick up a career in baseball and play for the Red Sox? If they'd have me, I mean, that'd be incredible. <laughs> I'll go do a little pinch running, uh, run a few bases for him, and hopefully get some runs, but that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, Bryce. Great to see you out here. We're going to be cheering for you throughout this year. It's a massive year. I uh, hope everything goes great. Yeah, thank you very much. Good to see you, brother. Hey, good luck with everything. Seriously. So uh, let's get into our next soundbite. So it was with the winner of the women's two-mile, L. Purrier. Now, L. you know, I think she's uh, she's – you know, one of my favorites to watch out there. She's a New Englander. She grew up in Vermont. She went to UNH. She's running for New Balance, you know, in in the Boston area. So a race like this was really, you know, it meant a lot to her. She said, you know, a lot of her family was there. Um, the place was packed, by the way. I don't think I've said that yet. But, you know, people of Boston showed up yesterday. It was one of the coolest environments I've seen, you know, for, for a, a track meet probably ever in my life. Um, and so for her to show up, in kind of like her home region and dominate the way she did, um, it was something special to watch. All right, we are here with the winner in the women's two-miler and New Englander, Elle Purrier. Elle, what does it mean to come out in front of a local crowd and get the win today? Oh, that's the best part. Uh, I'm just really excited that my parents and my grandparents and my college teammates and some friends from home are here cheering me on, and, um, you know, it, it makes it a lot more special, and, and uh, I'm really lucky to have New Balance as a sponsor because they put on such a great meet. So this is a massive year in our sport. What are your goals? Um, definitely the Olympics. <laughs> well, we're going to be cheering for you. Good luck. Thanks. So Elle's been coming on really strong uh, the past two years, and you know I think she's got a legitimate shot to to do some damage as we head into um, Olympic trials. And so now let's get into probably one of my favorite interactions of the day yesterday was I got the opportunity to to talk with Nick Willis, and um, he got nipped at the line. Um, he still broke four. He just got beat out. Um, but, you know, he's one of those guys who's just truly a legend of our sport. Uh, he's been doing it for so long at such a high level that, you know, just getting the opportunity to kind of meet him and talk with him was 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 really amazing. And I will say I felt bad for the guy because, you know, he came off the track and he's kind of going through the media and he was dying. Like he was he was so out of breath. He was so beat up. You know, he comes over and he's like leaning on the rail. And I was like, hey, man, do you mind if I ask you a, a couple, couple quick questions? He's like. Yeah, whatever. Because <laughs> he was just so out of it. See, that's that's what, was, that's what I was gonna say. It's like I was about to ask you if you interviewed him within seconds of him finishing the race. He sounded like he was ready to, you know, vomit right next to you. 
I mean, he's still doing it at the highest level, but the guy's getting old. You know, I think it takes him just takes him a little bit <laughs> yeah. longer to, to recover. So, um, you know, credit to him for, for putting up with me and, and kind of answering my questions. All right. So we are here with legend Nick Willis. Nick, how'd you feel out there today? I mean, it was only 2.02, so you don't feel that bad, but I didn't feel as relaxed as I thought I would at that pace. So this is a massive year for our sport. Uh, what are your goals? Just trying to make my fifth Olympics. It's not going to be easy. I struggled to get my qualifier last year for the world, so I'm going to have to really fight for it every race, and this is one of the steps in accruing enough points to get on the, the world ranking list. So I recently read an article talking about how you would wish you had approached running differently when you were younger. What advice do you have for younger runners? Just to be patient. Um, not if, but when you get injured, don't rush back. Follow the proper processes of getting healthy, then slowly getting fit again, then choose your races. Don't think I've got to get ready for such and such a race coming up. You end up stuck in this perpetual injury cycle. Nick, good luck this year. Thank you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And so after I talked to to Nick, there was a chair right there and he went over and sat down, you know, probably for 10 minutes just recovering. And his wife was kind of on the other side of the barrier. And she was like, you going to get up now? And he's like, he's like, I need some time. <laughs> just let me recover. It, it was pretty funny. Um, but but a real good dude. I appreciate him talking to us. Um, and so then we also got to talk to somebody from our favorite one of our favorite clubs. The Brooks Beach Track Club, Isaac Yorks, um, he had a tough day out there. Uh, he was running the 3K, and um, as you're going to hear, he has a really long backstride. And, and within the first 800 meters of the 3K, uh, he got tripped up from behind. He went down. He brought somebody down with him, and he kind of spent the whole rest of the race catching up. I think he he ran just about eight flat, um, but he was you know he was he was spending the entire race trying to catch up to the field. So, so I got felt, I felt bad for him, but he was in good spirits after the race and he, he was a fun guy to talk to. And, uh, we got into our, one of our favorite topics on this podcast. We are with Isaac Yorks of the Brooks Beast Track Club. Isaac, you got a little tripped out, tripped, tripped up out there. What happened? Uh, you know, probably, honestly, I have a little bit of a longer backstride and early on in the race, you know, everybody bunches, probably just got clipped and I definitely got clipped and went down. Uh, brought someone with me by accident so tough break out there well um i gotta ask you in the past you've had kind of a little bit of a fro going you a little bit of a crazy hair but you're, you're shaved nice and tight um how many seconds does that take off your 3k uh i want to say it takes like 10 off but i don't know it might have added on like 20 tonight <laughs> all right man thanks for coming on so Isaac, he real good dude. He said he was going to come on the podcast, so he'll be the the next in the in the uh, long line of uh, Brooks Beast athletes that we've had on the podcast. Looking forward to to having a full conversation with him soon. Yeah, he seemed like he was in pretty good spirits. I know he said it wasn't you know exactly his day, but I remember you know back in my day when I was getting on a track, anytime I had a bad day, which was you know nine out of ten times, I spent the next like two hours pouting. It's always interesting to hear these pros. You know, he gets tripped up at a big meet, and he's over there joking around about how his hair might have added for on. It. Yeah, his, his hair might have added on seconds and stuff like that. So you, you got to love that. Yeah, no, real good dude. All right, and our final soundbite is a guy that we're going we're gonna to name of the Sav of the Week. So if you listen to our podcast, you know that 
you know, regularly we name somebody who's the the sav or somebody who worked really hard or accomplished something really cool in the sport. And, uh, you know, Justin is the epitome. Justin Daglish is the epitome of of what this podcast stands for. It's all about having fun, working your butt off to achieve a goal, but not taking this sport too seriously. So uh, Justin's one of my training buddies. Um, he spent, you know, over a year trying to get into this race to qualify for the Masters Mile, and he finally did it. He's out there. He ran on the big stage in, in front of a, a huge audience in Boston, um, and then we went out. We had a bunch of beers afterwards, so it was it was really fun to watch him out there, and it was even more fun to get to interview him after the race. All right, I am here with this week's Sav of the Week, Justin Daglish, who just competed in the Men's Masters Mile. How did it go out there, Justin? That was fast. Yeah, fast and hard. It was good though. Enjoyed it. So you worked really, really hard to get into this race and get a qualifier to run in front of all these people here in Boston. How does it feel to accomplish this goal? <laughs> Feels great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't done anything like it, you know, in all my life. So this has been brilliant. Yeah. Awesome. So congratulations to Justin again for that that performance yesterday, and congratulations to everybody that ran yesterday because it was truly an awesome event and one that I was uh you know I feel really honored and privileged to be part of. You know I wasn't expecting the kind of access that we had, but you know what, Mike, Peak Two World is growing. You know people are starting to respect right. us as a legitimate news outlet, which is pretty freaking cool. It is very cool. So let me ask you this, Steve. After your first experience being a big J journalist, doing the thing, what are your takeaways, right? So how how are you improving your game? What did you learn from being out there? And what what do we got to grow as a as a media outlet the next time we get out there? Mm, good question. Um, definitely we need to get some video next time. Yeah, yep, yep. I wasn't prepared to get video. If I knew that, if I if I had a better idea of how the setup was going to be, absolutely would have got some some video. That's the first thing. Um, my second takeaway is I'm fine being the bad boy of the press box. You know, <laughs> Bryce Hopple came over, he dapped me up. You know, everybody was like, I don't know if you're really supposed to do that. I don't care. You know, that's I'm you know, I'll I'll the peak too early boys, you know, we're not gonna follow the rules of the press box. I'm gonna cheer for my guys there. Um so 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 I'm definitely gonna I'm not gonna change anything there. I think uh the more comfortable we get in that setting too, the more easily it will be to be ourselves and you know, maybe ruffle some feathers and like you said, get a little loud and start chirping people from the press box. I'm looking forward to that. Third takeaway, I was a real big wimp. I was afraid to to uh to go after the, the the food buffet. I didn't I almost like didn't I didn't feel worthy of it. Like and I didn't I didn't know like what the rules were. They had a they had like sandwiches and drinks there and I was like, am I allowed to take it? I don't know. So I, I figured that, you know, I wasn't going to like cross any boundaries that I didn't I wasn't sure if I could cross um, just because it wasn't worth it. So I, I decided to to kind of leave the food alone. But next time I'm going after that. Yeah, well, you got to act like you own the place, Steve. Yeah. Act like you've been there before. Exactly. And then my fourth takeaway, my fourth takeaway is I'm going to make sure that my co-host understand the <laughs> <laughs> what it means to have a media credential. So we, you know, we kind of got this kind of late in the game and we, you know, the the people running this reached out to us because we had submitted an application and they're like, yeah, you know, we checked it out. Like we, we have room. Absolutely come in. It will, it will be fun. And I texted Mike and Trent and crickets. They didn't say anything back. And I text them like, guys, great news. You know, we got media credentials. This is huge. And nobody responded. And then it wasn't until I was sending them pictures and videos 
at the race. They're like, oh, I have so much FOMO. How did I wish you? I wish you told me. Blah blah blah. And I was like, guys, I did. You didn't listen to me. Well, first of all, we we were busy. We couldn't make it anyways. But either way, it was like I had no idea what. I didn't, this is a completely new game for us. I had no idea what media credentials entailed. I just thought you were going to get a nice little special section to sit there and, you know, whatever, write your articles and get nice little photo ops with the athletes. Being able to get that kind of access right up in the face of the athletes, I I did have serious FOMO, and I am looking forward to being part of it the next time we get our media credentials. Yeah, and it's going to happen again. You know, I've already started making connections. You know, there's a there, I'm still holding out hope that we're going to – get credentials down at the the trials in Atlanta, which would be awesome. We got a couple more races coming up in Boston that I think, uh, you know, we might be able to, to, to pull a similar, um, situation, but I'm looking forward to it. It was great. And, you know, it was, it was great getting to, you know, talk to the few people that, you know, we had met before. Um, but it was even better getting to meet all the, all the new people and getting to talk to the athletes. Cause you know, the, you know, the moral story is nine times out of 10, the athletes in this sport are just really good people and they're great to talk to. Um, so I really enjoyed it. Other than that, Mike, do you got anything else for the people? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we're out here grinding, getting a bonus episode. That doesn't mean that you're not getting your regularly scheduled one. That one's coming uh, out later on this week. We got a sweet interview coming up. Uh, make sure you get to the website, buy yourself a t-shirt, uh, stop p2we they you know they're limited left you got to buy them now read some blogs uh, i think we got some more blogs coming down the pipeline so we got more big things coming uh things just keep things keep happening for us and we're going to keep growing we're going to keep growing and doing our thing so you know get in while you can be be the hipster of uh p2e right be that guy who can say oh yeah i listened to p2 i re- read p2e when they were you know just a little baby organization and now they're, they're doing a massive Skype. corporation that's right so that's all I got, Steve. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, this is a bonus. Like, this isn't our, our normal podcast. This is just a quick little snippet, a little uh, tidbit to tide you over until our next episode. We got a local legend and Olympic hopeful Tim Ritchie coming up on the next podcast. It was a great interview. I really like talking to him. So stay tuned for that. That's dropping Wednesday morning. Other than that, Mike, I would run faster, but I peaked too early. Hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation fire.